Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest hello, Andrew. Well, hello there, Edwin. Good to see you today. It's good to be seen. Had a great conversation with Peyton yesterday about the beginning of James chapter 3. Yeah, you guys were talking about great things. We're going to open that door again today, talking about teachers, talking as, about As speech. I recall, some things came out of that conversation where your mind was blown and Peyton thought it was also cool. Yes. And so mind-blowing coolness is the new standard Absolutely. for an episode of Text Talk. Think you can pull it off? No. <laughs> well, but you know what? I'll just do my best. For everybody who wants mind-blowing coolness, listen to yesterday's episode. There you go. Today it's Andrew and me. Rate it, review it, share it, because it was mind-blowingly cool. Let's let's read James chapter 3. Go ahead and start in verse 1 again, and this time go through verse 8, please. Sure. James 3, verse 1, from the New King James Version. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole self. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is turned and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Of course, it's probably going to be edited out by the time we get there, but seem a little t- trouble taming the tongue today. Well, I, I tell you what, <laughs> I, I at least was going slow. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, even the distance between the eyes and the tongue, uh, you can have all kind of mishap, can't you? <laughs> absolutely. Of course, in the edit, it sounded perfect. You did a great job reading. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, they'll never know how many takes it took. <laughs> <laughs> they will not. No, <clears throat> but that does... That, 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 that is like an object lesson, mm. e- even that stammer that I just did there a second ago. It's just the recognition that from brain to tongue, from heart to tongue, from eye to the tongue, it's um, a lot of things can go wrong. A lot of things can go wrong. Some of it's just kind of the technical, but mm-hmm. what James is talking about is the spiritual. Mm-hmm. James Absolutely. is talking about, Peyton brought into our mind yesterday that that while we would commonly think of the sin of the tongue with the teacher would be teaching error or false teaching, here in James it seems to be a whole lot more about attitudes towards people Mm -hmm. and the way we view those that we're teaching, the way we view other teachers. But James says a really powerful thing here. It's it's kind of frightening because on the one hand he says, well, it's almost impossible to tame the tongue. He does say that. But at the same time he says, if you tame the tongue, well, you'll get everything else good. (laughs) So I guess then taming the tongue is worth our effort and commitment. I think so. Kind of, and kind of. Instead of reading the verse that says, "Well, nobody can tame the tongue," and you think, "Well, then I won't even fool with won't that." Won't even try. I won't even try. Maybe, maybe notice the emphasis on, "Look, if you can do this, you will control all yourself." This makes it a worthy pursuit. I think a lot of times people allow this passage, if, if even if it's not consciously this passage, to be an excuse for 
saying things that we shouldn't say, mm-hmm. for talking in ways that we shouldn't talk. We make excuses as if somehow what I say doesn't reflect what's really going on in my head and my heart and who I am. Do you mind if we just drill down on what you just said a moment ago about people making excuses about words we shouldn't say? Let's drill down. Why, why would there ever be words we shouldn't say? I mean, words are just words, man. Words are just words. I think we can make two mistakes. One mistake is acting as if a word is all on its own, just evil, like just that collection of letters is evil, so that we're going to come up with lists Mm -hmm. of words that those are the bad words and everything else is just okay. The reason why that is a mistake is because so often what makes something wrong in speech is actually the attitude and the motivation behind it. And if I just make a list of words... I can have just as poor an attitude using other words, but think I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to steer clear of that. But I do think in making that point, in recognizing that God did not give us a list of bad words, and and how could he? The Bible is written in Hebrew and Greek. There weren't even any English words for him to rebuke. That's right. To, to make the mistake from that, though, to say that, well, just all words can be said no matter what, mistakes the way language works. Sure. We live in a culture, and our culture recognizes that there are some things that we say that are vulgar, mm-hmm. that are profane, that dishonor God, that... Yeah. Uh, well, and, and I would just add to that, the Bible makes that clear. You know, the Bible says that there's such a thing as blasphemy. Yes. You know, evil communication and such. I... I, th- I think part of part of the deal, and, and why I get frustrated when I hear people say, you know, that boy, it, it is it is just this um, absurd level of legalism that you Christians worry about language and good words and bad words. Mm-hmm. But the Bible teaches us these words are conveying exactly what's in our hearts, right? If there's evil in there, it's coming out through the speech and yes. in other ways. But then God Himself is teaching us about this nature of language. And while it may be a different vocabulary of blasphemy given a different uh, language, you use the example Greek versus English and so forth, the fact is in any language there can be blasphemy. In any language there can be you know, vile speech and, as you said, profanity. And, and the Bible is teaching us then that words count. Words matter in and of themselves um, you know, for these reasons. And because of that, our speech needs to be seasoned with grace, mm-hmm. not seasoned with Again, profanity. Yeah. Not seasoned, first of all, anything... An obscenity-laced tirade? Yes. That shouldn't be that. (laughs) Anything that dishonors God and God's things... I, and and makes them profane. I think yeah. we need to be concerned about, um, obviously, using God's name, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. using those as profane exclamations yeah. of surprise, of shock, like of disgust. OMG, right? Even even just typing that in yeah. your Facebook. I think Christians need to recognize. We are to honor the name of God. Yeah, and that is to make it common. Which is, I know honoring the name of God is much more than just how we treat that word, but it is not less than how we treat that word. Good point. We need to treat that word. When we take things that are spiritual like heaven and hell and damnation, mm-hmm. and we use those in flippant ways, use them in uh, profane ways, 
then we, I, I think we need to back up and recognize we are misusing speech. We are dishonoring God and his things. When we look at God's people in the scriptures as he worked through the Israelites and the Jews, they were so concerned with the holiness of his name that it affected the way they wrote it, (laughs) lest they be guilty of somehow treating it as common or less than. I mean, that is the uh, heritage, I guess, that we receive as Christians for how precious the name of our God is. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in Speech. In speech. Set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in holiness, and purity. There is a recognition that you can set a bad example in speech. Wow. Yes, we you can, can use words, phrases, terms, uh, an approach to speech that is wrong. When Paul wrote to Titus, he told Titus there in, in uh, Titus chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, that he is supposed to teach what accords with sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. Which gets back to the conversation I had with Peyton yesterday that sure. while James is focused more on attitude, sound doctrine is still important for teachers. Yeah, the content matters. That's right. Yeah. But his content there in Titus chapter two and verse two was not make sure to get the teaching on baptism correct, make sure to get the teaching on worship correct. I have no doubt all of that mattered, but in Titus two and verse two, it's older men must be sober minded, dignified. Mm-hmm self-controlled, dignified, having integrity in speech and dignity in speech. Again, the struggle is, is that when I start trying to put pen to paper and giving specific rules about specific words, I can't do that. But we need to recognize that we are supposed to be dignified and have integrity in speech and, and using vulgar expressions, profane expressions. And by the way, can I just take this as an English major, as a person who loves to study etymology, the history of words, some of the nonsense that people say about the history of some foul words, trying to act like, oh, they really don't mean anything bad, (sighs) making them acrostics, none of those are true. Okay. Every story you've ever heard that says our bad words didn't start out as bad, mm-hmm. uh, that, that it was it was some king would write some phrase yeah, on some a shorthand. Yeah, no, that is it is not true. It is not true. Those words have been considered foul in English pretty much for the history of the English language. I mean, there's there's some things about how English formed that dictated some of our bad profane words. Yeah. But it's not, it's not that, oh, there was an acrostic as manure was being transported across the ocean, and that's where that word came from. Nonsense. It's just not true. I got to tell you that I have a new respect for English majors now, (laughs) because I always thought it was like parsing and grammar, but if you got to learn the history of dirty words, (laughs) like, wow. All of a sudden, I was like, I think I'll take some notes. Well, it, was, it wasn't a college class, I can oh, tell it you wasn't that. A it, it wasn't Just a the skills you gained in college. The, the, thing, the thing we need to grasp. <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm teasing you a little bit. But if, if I could kind of bring it back around to James. Because these words are consequential. He talks about a little fire going into a raging, out-of-control fire. Yes. He talks about a little bit that can turn the giant beast, the horse, and so control him and tame him, right? And, and we have this flippant concept in our society. Oh, words don't matter. Say whatever you say. And the Bible says they matter so much. Mm-hmm. 
they do matter. And we need to treat our, our, our mouths need to be holy. When our mouths are under control, our bodies will be under control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that can probably mean one of two things. Either one, it's harder to control the mouth. And so if you can, then you can also control the body. I think there may also be, when we use this illustration of the horse where you put the bridle in the horse's mouth, you control the mouth, but it controls the whole body. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there may be some aspect of this that says our body does what our mouth says. Hmm. Our body behaves in the way our mouth speaks. Of course, that's that's really because our mouth speaks in the way our heart is. Yeah, it's all connected to the heart, isn't it? In order to control my tongue, I actually have to get to the heart. That's what right. I have to be working on. When I'm working on the heart, I will control the tongue. My behavior will be controlled. So one leads to the other. It, it could be the heart. If you can do the harder, you can do the easier. I think it's much more likely if you take care of this root, mm-hmm. it'll take care of the fruit. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. And uh, it certainly echoes the Lord's teaching recorded in Matthew 15 and verse 8, that what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. Yes. Yeah. And work on the heart. Protect the springs of the heart. The the way we will bridle the tongue is not, I'm going to work really, 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 really hard at, at controlling what I say. The way we bridle the tongue is realizing that only God can tame our tongue. Mm-hmm. I've got to give myself over to God. I've mm-hmm. got to give my heart to God. He needs to become the pilot yeah. who steers the, the rudder, heart. which changes the direction of the ship, which is my body. Amen. And I've got he Jesus has to be not the co-pilot. Mm-hmm. Thank you, bumper sticker theology. Jesus has to be the pilot. <laughs> Amen. When he's piloting the tongue, he will also pilot the behavior. How about we pray about that as we wrap up here, brother? Go ahead. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this episode, for this time to spend looking at uh, James chapter 3, thinking, Lord, about our speech, thinking about our heart. And Lord, we do want you, Father, to be our leader and our pilot. We pray that what is in our heart, Father, we would only draw from that reservoir to say good things and praises of your name, to remember how special and truly holy that you are and be the people that lift that name up and live in light of that holiness and communicate it clearly to others. Please bless our speech to that end this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. When we look at some of the precursors to, or I should say the precursor people, I'm going to just start over.